Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, March 27th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And if you feel so inclined, of course, hit me up on there with any questions you might have. You can review the podcast, which has had uh, split ratings to say it to say it uh, nicely, I guess you could say on Apple Podcasts. But still, I love hearing you guys' feedback and all of your questions and whatnot. Lord knows that we are going to need a little bit of help pushing the show over the next probably few months and whatnot. Who knows? That's probably how it's going to go. But we'll see how that all shakes up. But today, another edition of Special Guest Friday. As always, I have not failed to do this yet. I don't believe so. I don't think I think there's only been one Friday that I've missed having a guest on. But today I have Mr. Millard Thomas. He's been on the podcast before. He is the host of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. And according to his Twitter bio, from what I've seen, he does basically everything else in the world. So he's he's quite a, a polymath or something like that. Let's use a fancy ACT word for all you guys out there. How you doing, Millard? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Bio says a lot. So we, we just try to pack it up as much as you can. Yeah. I'm on Apple Pies right now. I don't know why the, the Padres fans are coming at you, man. <laughs> Dude, they are coming at me, man. <laughs> That's crazy. It's funny because it's funny because I've actually gotten like people who've DM'd me and been a lot nicer and whatnot. I do like the recent one. I think, I think the recent one was like, he uses stats for help. And I was like, Whew, what a crime. what a crime for me to commit i have i understand a lot of the complaints like i mean i I literally messed up the other day with um with fernando tatis i referred to him instead of his father when i was bringing up the the two grand slam game that his father had and i forgot to add that but whatever i guess i was stressed out or something i don't know why i said that but yeah the they they come crazy but i appreciate at least some feedback i guess any type of feedback is usually good and i at least take it into someone account but I did, I did find it funny, the part, the little bit about, I don't know who wrote it, but I found a bit about use the stats for help for, to be pretty uh, funny, especially from for a baseball podcast. Usually you would think that baseball fans would hate if you don't use stats, but uh, whatever. Anyways, it was a little bit of a tangent. So, Millard, first of all, I want to just ask you, how are you holding up in the current climate we're in? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I'm not taking it too hard. Yeah, like a couple of my jobs are you know canceled i'm a sports journalist so pretty much everything i do is pretty much canceled right now but in terms of mentally i'm doing pretty good honestly like all the stresses of life are just put on hold right now so i'm just chilling at Mm. home getting my online work done recording my pod and just enjoying myself right now it's interesting because i actually just ordered a pizza for delivery i am unbelievably excited to eat that later after this this podcast and you know, just talking about that, it's like we're I we're definitely lucky, though. You know, not everybody's in a position like us where you can work for home or it's not the end of the world if you don't have a, a job or what have you. So I definitely want to give a shout out again, as I've done in basically every podcast for the past couple of weeks to everybody out there who's struggling, and whatnot. If you're listening to this and you're having a tough time, I hope I can entertain you just a little bit. And I assume Millard feels the same way. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So today we're just going to have a little bit of another another Diamondbacks Padres talk. Just going to ask Miller a couple questions. No real curveballs in there. I'll save that for another podcast. I'll really try to catch him off guard, I guess. He's a journalism guy. So I think that the best way to test journalism people is to just really try and catch them off guard and make them feel as stressed out as possible because <laughs> they don't get any stress in their field. As, 
<laughs> yeah, no, I need all my kidding. questions screened by my manager before I answer anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was a journalism major too, actually, and I finished uh, last year, and which feels like seven years ago. So that's that's all another question entirely. One one of these days, I guess I'll just tell you what it's like the first month when you're out of college. I guess. Anyway, yeah, everyone says the first three months just suck. <laughs> yeah, the so first much. three months are weird. The first three months for me were just kind of. I just totally I was like I need because I had a burnout my senior year which is funny because usually people are like having the senioritis thing I just had an awful 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 burnout with the amount of things I was doing so I just went ridiculous I went stupid practically I couldn't even like I remember literally yelling my mom could tell the story about this I was yelling in my room because I could not type a sentence like I couldn't (laughs) figure out how to type a sentence that's how like tired I was I guess anyways Yeah, too much on my plate. I was doing newspaper, journalism, radio shows, uh, writing for sites and all this stuff and an internship at the same time. Blah, 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 blah. It was it was absolutely nuts. But enough about me and our our personal lives, I guess. Let's talk some baseball, man. That's That's, why the people are here. That's what the people want. That's what they want. That's what they need. So basically, I just have some questions for you and we're going to just be kind of have a free flowing conversation. But I want to start off with, I guess I lied about the curveball thing, a little bit of a curveball. How much do you miss Paul Goldschmidt? Do you miss him at all, I would say? I mean, how can you not miss the guy, honestly? He was the (laughs) face of the franchise of the D-backs for so long. Really just carried the team, honestly. I mean, not just on the field production, but he was really just a staple in the community. You know, back, always made himself available to the fans and stuff. So I think the fans really appreciated him. And then just on the field, too, he was just a beast. If you just look at his numbers, he was practically a, a 30 home run. And he even had a few seasons where he got you 20 steals. So from your first baseman, that's just insane. He's led the yeah. league in home runs, led the league in walks. So he's done it all. He's never won an MVP, but he's been pretty close. He's come up second twice in his career. So I think it was definitely a... a devastating blow to the gut of D-backs fans when they found out the the face of the franchise has been traded to a team like the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because Goldschmidt for a while, I think was the most, what's the word? He was the least talked about. I think he was, he was underrated only by people who don't watch baseball or don't Mm -hmm. follow baseball, which is in fairness, like a decent amount of people in terms of, Nobody's paying attention to like the Arizona Diamondbacks in terms of just casual people. There's not covered no. in the mainstream worldwide media, right? And no. you're right. I mean, he had the the year he was finished second with MVP. It was unbelievable. This guy was a consistent like on base of 400. It was it was really unbelievable, and nobody talked about it. I mean, we had troubles getting people to talk about Mike Trout back in the day when he was first starting to show that he was the future of the league. So you can only imagine what it was like for for Paul Goldschmidt out there in Arizona yeah. and. But he's just an unbelievable player. And last year, his first season in St. Louis, batted 260, on base 346. Does it make you feel good that he didn't have like an elite season, his first one in St. Louis? I want to know if it, I'll say makes me feel good. It definitely lessens the, you know, the pain that <laughs> the D-backs fans felt knowing he didn't produce on a high level last year. He didn't even make an all-star team with the St. Louis Cardinals after making one, two, three, four, five, six straight all-star teams with the D-backs. So that's honestly pretty crazy that uh, Paul Goldschmidt missed out on that. But I wouldn't say it makes me happy. 
or makes me feel good. It just lessens the pain there. And then hopefully it, it would really lessen the pain if Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly really stepped up and Luke Weaver looked like the number two starter, looked like a Walker Bueller, and Carson Kelly looked like the next Yadier Molina for the D-backs. I think that would really help D-backs fans. So full full disclosure, I 100% was trying to trap you with that question, asking if it felt good that Paul going to a bad <laughs> season. That was a trap question. You passed. But yeah, I mean, it's it's true, man, and it stinks. There's there's a lot of stars in this league that get forgotten sometimes. And I know Andrew McCutcheon had that awesome year, and he he kind of got talked about a little bit. I think that there was just something about how he played that really excited people. But Paul Goldschmidt runs out balls at first base, just just an unbelievable athlete, I think, for the Diamondbacks, and definitely one of the better players they've had for a while. But yeah, we'll see if they can kind of because I know you guys have Christian Walker now playing first base and. Mm-hmm. It's it's essentially because the team is better right now, and that's nothing really to do with with Goldschmidt. But a lot of the good years of Goldschmidt, I feel they kind of wasted a little bit of his potential. <clears throat> yeah, I mean the D backs weren't like any uh, perennial playoff contender under Paul Goldschmidt. There was a lot of years where you know they weren't the best team in the league. They did have a couple seasons where they made the playoffs, but it was mostly as like a wild card team. They would win a couple. They had a couple seasons where they won around 90 games back in the, what's the 2017, they had 93 wins. And then 2011, they had 94 wins. So they had a couple of uh, 91 teams with Paul Goldschmidt, but they can never get past the NLDS with him. So you, you always yearn for more. You always want to see him progress farther, but, for it, honestly, Arizona teams just doing that is pretty good. I mean, if you look at the Suns, they haven't made the playoffs, and you who knows how long like 12 years. The Cardinals they have more recent success, but just what the Cardinals did with Paul Goldschmidt, they were always not they never bottomed out with Paul Goldschmidt. I think that was always really important. They were always around you know 80 wins, if that they always made you feel like they were competitive and in game. So mm-hmm. I think that really, uh, you know, that. That made you feel a little bit better. You weren't bottoming out like you see with the Suns now. You at least had a competitive product on the field every day. Absolutely, man. I I understand that. And Paul Goldschmidt just so just overall, just a shout out to him. Now, let's talk about some some current Diamondback stuff, right? My right. next question is what signing do you believe? Let's let's throw the Padres into this for a little bit. What signing do you believe helped the Diamondbacks' chance the best against the Padres or the rest of the division the most? Because I know there was quite a few moves made. But what do you think in terms of, I guess, just to simplify it, compared to last year's team, what is the biggest change that you think has helped the team or could help the team the most? I mean, I think the obvious answer would have to be signing Madison Bumgarner. I mean, he's replacing that void uh, that is left by Zach Greinke after they traded him away to the Houston Astros. So I think getting a guy who also is a in-division rival from the San Francisco Giants, so getting him mm-hmm. over as a true number one ace, maybe he's on the wrong side of 30. He definitely is. And maybe he is in the decline, but he still can produce at a high level. He's still a workhorse, and he just has a great attitude. He really sets the tone. He's going to be that tone setter at the top of the D-backs rotation. He has Cy Young caliber experience and potential still, I believe, and I think he could maybe the change of scenery could reignite him. And really, uh, hopefully he goes back to having one of those silent caliber years for the D-backs in 2020. And if he does that, the D-backs are going to be a hopefully a scary team to watch uh, if the season, whenever that gets started. And, and I think I actually don't think he's ever had actually won the Cy Young Award. I assume that's just because Kershaw always won during the regular season. But that's just like 
kind of it he he's one of those guys that feels like he's won it before like he's definitely that caliber but i don't think he's actually ever won it before but he's one of those guys who you know this isn't number stuff but i actually am worried about bumgarner in terms of the padres i just feel like that guy i can like he's 30 years old and it really feels like he's going to be one of those guys that when he moves to a new team that is competing that he's really going to you know, take it up a notch. And this reminds me a little bit of Justin Verlander when he was still on, was he on Detroit? I think right when he got traded, he immediately went back to being like what he was like six years ago. He was a good pitcher still, even even despite his age. But when he got traded, I felt like that guy was a gamer and I felt like he was just really excited to be on a truly contending team. And I feel like Bumgarner could be in a similar position. Although I'm personally not a big fan of Minus and Bumgarner, but just, I don't know. He's always kind of annoyed me, I guess. I don't appreciate his whole getting upset when people, I don't know, give themselves a pat on the back when they hit home run. He's always kind of like trying to monitor the game and be a steward or whatever <laughs> the word is for the game. I don't, it's just like, relax, dude. Like, I, I've, yeah. I mean, I've talked about this with every, any pitcher who does this. I get annoyed. It's like, okay, you could like bang your chest and throw your glove in the air and shout. But then if a batter flips a bat, like, oh, they deserve to be hit now. So I've never been the biggest fan of Madison Bumgarner, but no doubt respect. So I do think that signing, man, I have a feeling that he could be that number one dude that the Dimebacks need and really be even better than I think Granky was kind of for the for the D-backs. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, I agree um, with you on that thing, though, uh, with pitchers uh, <laughs> trying to monitor the game. That is annoying. <laughs> I do want to see the bat flips. You know, everyone loves the Jose Batista bat flip. I, oh, you don't yeah. want to see all these unwritten rules. Who knows what that's about? But, uh, like, I want to see Fernando, uh, Fernando Rodney shooting arrows when he's closing games. And I want to see the bat flip. So, hopefully, uh, you know, Madison Bumgarner takes that part of his game down a little bit uh, before uh, he pitches with the D-backs. Yeah. One thing I did also, this has nothing to do with him, but a conversation that always annoyed me was people who wanted, I understand the DH argument, the no DH argument, I should say, but I would hate when people would be like, see, look, Madison Bumgarner does it. And it's like, all right, dude, that's like one guy. <laughs> that's one guy who hits like two home runs in a season. Everyone freaks out. And if he was a full batter, I doubt he would hit over like 210. So it's not like that crazy, but that has nothing to do with him. That's just a separate rant. So don't use that guys as your reason for wanting the dh uh abolished in both leagues just just stop hey guys hate to barge in and cut the flow of the interview but i'm gonna leave it there gonna cut it off there for now and i'm going to actually air part two of my interview with millard which will hit tuesday monday i'm actually hoping to do that aj preller podcast or i was watching the mlb opening day at home and first of all i'm just wondering what you guys thought of the whole thing i thought it was really cool of major league baseball to do that i thought it was cool that on every channel whether it be mlb network or espn or twitter whatever you were watching on there was like a different classic game to watch and i was watching the rockies and padres game the opening day game from 2005 and i was watching it completely blind for the first time and i had a lot of fun and i kind of want to give you guys my thoughts on that because in 2005, which was 15 years ago, I was eight, I believe, at that time, if I can do math correctly. And I wasn't paying attention to sports all that much. I was paying attention to the Yankees back then, and even them to a degree. I was still more in my nerdy, my ultra nerdy phase, where that's all I cared about. Make no mistake, I'm still in my nerdy phase. And I don't really call it a phase, I just call it a lifestyle at this point. But anyway, 
I, I thought that was really fun, and I think that would be interesting for you guys to hear my thoughts on that and just kind of talk about that game and where the Padres were at that time, back when they still had Trevor Hoffman and Phil Nevin, who a friend of mine, uh, Drew, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, actually his sister, I believe, met him in person, so maybe I'll have Drew on for the podcast. I'm not really sure, but I just wanted to do like a little little throwback because I know you guys have been talking about how I haven't really talked a lot of Dodgers, or I'm sorry, Padres history, and I just thought that could be a little change in a mix-up from, I know there's been a lot of guests on the podcast recently, but I don't know. I just feel like I've had a lot of fun and good conversations with the guests. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, though. Now, I just wanted to quickly mention, news has definitely been churning out a little bit lately in terms of the sports world. And in terms of the MLB, the biggest thing that happened was the MLB and the MLBPA agreed to a deal. The league is going to preserve service time. The draft got shortened to five rounds. Owners will advance players $170 million. This is according to multiple reports. I haven't quite dug too deep into that just because I'm not fully... I don't want to speak on something that I don't know too much about when it comes to the MLBPA and this minor league kind of issue that's going on right now that's been propagating, especially over the last month or so. Before the coronavirus even hit, there's been issues with minor league salaries and all that. So I don't want to talk too much on that just because I don't know enough about it. And also, there's been a lot of reports lately about the almost anything goes on the table that I'm just reading for Bleacher Report. The league, this is actually um, the day I'm posting this this has been breaking is that they can move to a 14 team playoff to add big games and revenue to the schedule this is according to john Heyman, and i'm curious what your guys' thought on that i've always i talked about this with Sully. i think it was a few weeks back um, back when i was first joining the podcast network about how when it comes to changes in baseball i feel a lot of people are always reticent to any type of change right and me i just by default because i feel like baseball is has more of a conservative approach to the sports world and advancing its sport i always as a just a default i'm always i don't dismiss anything out of out of turn nothing immediately i don't necessarily like this idea but i kind of understand the just kind of hope to change the game a little bit, mix things up a little bit. And especially now, I can imagine they're trying to make up ground based on the revenue that they're losing right now. So I can understand that. But I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are. But other than that, that is it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Still forever and always, no matter the circumstances or guests making that joke. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever. Follow myself, which is at Javapeno, or the show on Twitter, which is at LO underscore Padres. Send me in your your questions. The, you could also email me questions if you want to send me a bigger, kind of more in-depth email. I know a couple of people have done that. Uh, the email is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. So please send me in any of your questions, guys. A little bit of a, a little drag this outro a little bit too long. Forgive me for that, guys. But that's it. Until next time, everyone, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies. Take care.